Welcome back to Things of Gold, a snarky puppy podcast by Storm Sound and Osiris Media. My name is Ryan Storm. And I'm Megan Glyona. And we are back today for the penultimate episode of our season one here on Things of Gold. It's kind of hard to believe that we're already kind of at the end, even though, you know, it's been six months, but it's hard to believe that we're already almost at the end here. I know. I remember when you came to me about this project and I was sitting in a hockey rink watching my daughter play hockey and it was cold and I was like just so fascinated by this idea and that seems like it was just yesterday and it also seems like a long time ago so here we are episode 11. Another band? Seriously? (laughs) (laughs) I know I was like I don't know Ryan I don't know anything about them and then you're like well that's what we could do it about we could do this show where you learn about it and I'm really glad we did it it's been so fun. Me too it's been it's been an amazing uh, season, you know, going through talking about all these shows. Um, I, I, you know, we've been getting a lot of amazing feedback on our last episode, uh, episode 10, you know, talking about this Music Box Village show. Uh, and of course, you and I uh, just are, are, we're recovering right now from a big uh, seven night fish run at Madison Square Garden, uh, you know, over the last like couple of weeks. Uh, we're not going to talk about that here. Uh, you have talked about it extensively uh, on HF Pod, uh, which everyone should go check out. And I have written about it extensively. Uh, if anyone is interested in reading me talk for a very long time about fish, check out ryanstorm.substack.com. It's where I write about all the concerts I go to, including the three Starkey Puppy shows I will be attending uh, in the month of September. Yeah, that's exciting. I love yes. reading what you write. And also, Ryan, we should tell them that we did talk to Eric a little bit and get some we did. inside info about that Music Box show. We did. So we, we talked to uh, our, our good friend, Eric Lenz uh, from Ground Up Music, you know, who's also a Fish fan. So he was at a couple of the shows. Um, but we, we chatted with him a little bit about the show and, you know, a little bit like, you know, how, how did the band feel about that Music Box Village show? Because we loved it so much. And a couple of the other jam fans that I've had listened to that show have said, like, wow, this is so cool. Um, and apparently the band hated it. Yeah, that was, I mean, we knew it because at the end of the show, you know, there's no encore. Michael says like, thanks for being here. This was challenging. So that was like our kind of first hint. But then, and you understand, once you see Snarky Puppy and you see how they work together on stage, it makes sense why that would be so challenging. But it was pretty interesting to hear from Eric that they did feel like they were not happy with the show because it was my favorite show I've listened to all season. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Snarky Puppy shows ever. I said that, first of all, I'm really glad they released the recording of that show because that seems like a situation where they might have been like, this show sucked, don't upload the recording. Yeah. Um, and so thank you uh, to, to Michael and whoever maybe convinced Michael like to just say fuck it and re- upload the recording anyway, uh, because I'm very grateful we get to hear this show because it's amazing. I actually, you know what, both of our favorite parts of the show uh, was the binky. Of course, uh, I heard from a couple other people that they really love the embossed, uh, but it's just mm-hmm. a really, really unique performance. Uh, you know, Eric said stuff like, you know, what, what we kind of predicted based on like the, the number of flubs in the show, like they couldn't really hear each other. It wasn't a proper monitoring system. You know, I'm, I'm surprised that the show was recorded in as good uh, a quality as it is based yeah. on all of those factors. I know it is kind of surprising. I mean, I think that those things give the show so much personality and depth and interesting moments and obviously provide a chance for them to improvise and experiment in a way they don't usually do. So for me, that's a win, but you know, I'm sure it was challenging and I'm sure it was frustrating at times, but I still think I would love to see them play there. I don't probably, probably never will again, but I would love to. Yeah. What an experience that would be. Well, that was the last episode, and we talked for a very long time about that show. Uh, so anyone who has not checked it out should go listen to that show and then check it out. Uh, but we're here for, you know, we're heading across the pond once again uh, for the final time. Both of our uh, last two episodes take place in Europe uh, in the fall of 2019. Uh, you know, both, they're about a, about a month apart from each other. You know, this one is, is very early on in this final European leg of the Immigrants Tour, uh, and the other one we're going to talk about in two weeks will be towards the end of the leg. Uh, but this, this one, this show that we're going to talk about today, uh, we're going to be talking about October 26, 2019 in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, not Hamburg, Hamburg. Uh, 
made sure I pronounced that correctly. I think though, but then when I was listening, Michael says Hamburg. So oh. I don't know. I, I've always thought it was Hamburg, but you know, I was 19 years old when I was there. So who knows? There you go. You were there, you know, you were there Long fish. time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is the beginning of the final leg of the immigrants tour, as I just mentioned, you know, seven months flying and driving all over the world, uh, for this band, you know, absolutely crazy, especially for, you know, again, Michael, Justin Bullock and Maz, who are at every single show. Uh, you know, this is the only, uh, I think three week long stretch of the tour, uh, of the entire year, uh, with no Bobby Sparks on keys. Um, so it gives us a very interesting uh, combination of just Justin and Sean on keys, where Sean does not have uh, a B3. Uh, so there's a mm. lot of space in the music, um, different tones. We'll talk about that as we get more into it. Also, we have two guitars, uh, a very rare occurrence, uh, which I'm very happy we get to talk about again because I love two guitars, Snarky Puppy. This one, we've got Mark and McQueen today. Uh, because what's interesting also is that one of the op or the opening act uh, for this first, I think, four or five shows, the tour was the band Fork, uh, also on Ground Up Music, F-O-R-Q, uh, a band that has JT and McQueen in it. Uh, so both of them were pulling double duty for these uh, four or five shows, which is, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot, especially with all the travel involved. Yeah. Well, and then, and then we had, you know, later in the tour, uh, Keita was playing in one of the opening bands uh, and also playing with the band, you know, it was like, it was crazy, but you know, this is, this is three weeks ish before uh, they would record the Grammy winning live album live at the Royal Albert hall, you know, where they would have a lot more people in the lineup than a lot less space in the music. Uh, so this is really interesting, you know, a snapshot in the, the, the late period of these immigrant songs, you know, they've expanded. Uh, they're very, very comfortable playing them now. Um, but there's less people uh, in the band, or not less people in the band per se, but less layers, I feel mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Yeah, you can definitely, everyone stands out. You can really isolate people a lot easier than you can in some of the other shows. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's quickly go over the lineup. I already kind of mentioned most of the people, but I'm going to do it again anyway. We have Michael League on bass, of course, Mark Letiri and Chris McQueen on guitars, Justin Stanton and Sean Martin on keyboards. Justin also on trumpet, of course. Bob Reynolds on tenor sax. Mike Mazmaher on trumpet and flugelhorn. Jason J.T. Thomas on drums. Marcelo Wolowski on percussion. And Chris Bullock on the tenor sax and the flute. So, Megan, where were they playing? Well, I have no idea how to pronounce this, but the Gross Freiheit 36, something like that. Um, it's the oldest and the largest club in Hamburg. So the Beatles, Kylie Minogue, Billy Strings is playing there this week. So really big acts have played there historically. And it looks awesome. I looked at some photos and it has this really cool storefront and it has this huge neon guitar that's outside that kind of sticks over above the street that it's on. It's got a capacity of a thousand and it's about 15 minutes from where I saw fish at the Mark Tall, which is kind of a famous venue as well. They're both kind of just north of the river in, in Hamburg and just looks great. looks like a really cool venue. And I wish fish would have played there too, because that would have been cool. Yeah. It's uh, I just checked. It's, it's pronounced Grosse Freiheit. Ooh, I'm impressed. And it, and it pronounced to, it, it, it translates to lot of freedom, uh, Oh, according cool. to according to Google Translate, so take that with a grain of salt. Freiheit, freedom. I get that. That's awesome. Freiheit. Yeah, that was good. I've been listening to some uh, or watching some World War II documentary stuff, and there's a lot of German being spoken with subtitles. And German is an interesting language, so I thought you did a good job. Thank you. It's it's the 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 background. You know, I, obviously being Jewish, I've spoken some Hebrew and Yiddish in my life. And so I, I, I kind of know how to do like the, the guttural <laughs> accent thing. Yeah. Nice. Good work. Thank you. All right. Well, let's dive into this show here. Uh, let's start with our opener here. Even us. Uh, we talked about this uh, in episode nine, I believe uh, the Japan show from right at the beginning of the year, how this works really great as an opener. Um, mm -hmm. Similar purpose here, you know, great Moz solo, but here you can hear the layers of the two guitars, you know, Mark and McQueen, both taking 
different parts of the song, layering their parts really well. Um, and especially during Maz's solo, Sean is just playing these incredibly jazzy piano chords uh, underneath it, which just like blew me away. I was like, yeah, like that, this guy knows his music theory. You know, you know, there are moments we talked about this. <laughs> I think it was in episode four, even during a, a Mark solo on, on young stuff. I think it was. Uh, and I was like, yeah, this guy knows his music theory. It's another one of those moments where it's like, yeah, like you, you've listened to jazz, you know, what's going on. You know how to do these weird chord progressions or whatever, but it's, it's awesome. Uh, that that's one of my favorite parts of this song. dramatic just such a great opener bob comes in so sultry so sexy super vibe like just really really cool effortless awesome vibe i love how each person comes in and it kind of builds upon the briar um prior excuse me so you're getting this like slow texture being added it makes it feel really deep so emotional the beginning of the song and then i love how it breaks down to just the piano and then it's like, boom, the percussion and the drums kick in. And then Maz goes off on the solo. And it's just, it's great. It kind of like builds up with percussion at the end of this little crescendo. There's some like off-tempo drumming. And then again, everything drops out except the piano at the end. It's really haunting. I love this song. I think it's just perfect here as an opener. I can also see it being really great like as like a cool down number later in the show. Yeah. Uh, this is a song definitely I didn't appreciate when I was first listening to these uh, 2019 shows as much, but it's really grown on me the more I've listened uh, to this era of the band. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Slower Snarky Puppy, I feel like, is a little underrated. Yeah, I agree. They're so great at it. They have, they're so good at capturing emotion that like when they play slow and get quiet, it's great. Yeah, definitely. All right. So moving on here, we've got Go, uh, and it's 2019, so we've got uh, the drum intro here. Uh, around two minutes uh, of JT kind of just messing around, mostly toms, uh, all that good stuff. Um, there, there's a brief little hiccup uh, when McQueen comes in with the with the melody. Uh, there's like a, a little timing mishap, but they're professional musicians. Uh, and so it's only, you know, like a second uh, and then they get back on track. Yeah, I did not hear that when I listened. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so good. Me. It means yeah. they did it right. Exactly. Um, so Mark takes the first solo on this one. Uh, you know, we've heard this song a lot before, uh, so it's really focusing on the solos now. Uh, but Mark takes the first solo, you know, very classic Mark Latier guitar solo here. Dark tone, sinister tone, lots of distortion. Uh, very, very dirty. Yeah, it feels so rough. It's really great. It has, it has a lot of emotion, too. I really like this. I think that the way that this song starts being so funky and having this, like, big energy, which is great following even us. But then when Mark comes in with the solo, it kind of gives it this different feel, which is nice. It's like a perfect little change up. Yes. And then uh, second solo, I'm going to say that I, I think it's Justin uh, because it doesn't sound like Moz, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, so forgive me if anyone listening knows uh, whether it's Justin or Moz and has a better ear for trumpet than I do. Um, Please correct me, but I, I believe it's Justin uh, due to just the way the trumpet sounds and also the lack of uh, Rhodes during this part just makes mm. me think that it's Justin. Uh, but I, I love I love this trumpet solo. Uh, it's very cool because most of the band drops out. So I feel like this this happens a lot uh, in, the, in this leg of tour. You know, I've listened to all these shows. Um, and the, again, I keep talking about there's more space in the music. If you go back to these spring 2017 versions of Go that we – we talked about an episode, um, what was it episode five, episode six? Um, there's still a lot of stuff happening in these. You know, mm -hmm. people are still playing the riff. Most of the band is is in there. Um, but this just feels like, you know, just like Michael and the drums, really. Like, you know, that there's not there's not a ton happening. And then, you know, the guitar is kind of coming gradually as the solo progresses. But 
there's just so much space, uh, which gives the soloist a lot more freedom to just kind of do whatever they want sonically, which I really like. Yeah, I love that. I mean, that has a confidence to it, right? When you can play that way, when you can play more kind of simply and barely, it's it really adds something to it. It adds like um, a confidence, I think. And Michael, the bass line that he's laying down under the solo is so good. It's just super cool. Such a nice funk to it. And I think that this like the whole way that the show kind of the song kind of like builds up and hearing these solos at the end, like with McQueen on that solo, it's just so great. And the ending of the show song is like, they're not really in a hurry. There's this like patient, slow descend out of the song, which I feel like is beautiful. Definitely. Yeah. And McQueen uh, really does a great job here. You know, comparing the two solos really gives you a good indication, like it, the vast differences between Mark and McQueen's mm. uh, playing styles and, and tones even. Um, you know, so, but th this, uh, you know, my favorite McQueen solo, and I think yours too, is later in the show. Um, yeah. <laughs> but th this one, this one is excellent. You know, I always love the ending of Go. And then our next song here, we've got Bigly Strictness uh, making its second appearance on the pod. Um, you know, I, I love this. There, there's definitely a darker tone to the early part of the show. You know, Go has some upbeat moments, but there's a lot of darkness happening. Even us, you know, the beginning of Bigly uh both guitars play it and the two of them layered on top of each other are really cool we will hear it in the next episode with just mcqueen um but mm. this one is cool because you have that like straight ahead like fiery tone from mark and then mcqueen's which i feel like is more like i envision his is more like a snake it's a little mm. slippery um kind of off kilter at times uh which is a really cool um they blend really well uh, for this riff, which is really cool. Yeah, I love that the beginning of this song, the percussion is so sharp and heavy hitting. It just has like this like pounding feeling that's very intentional, which is just in such an awesome juxtaposition to what Justin's doing in his solo. And it's just, it has like a great kind of energetic pull to it. And the that moment when, Bullock starts to get into his solo and he holds that really long note. Yeah. It's just so cool. And the drumming is not as sharp anymore. It just goes really deep. It's like this perfect moment. It's so cool. Yeah. I, I love the three sections of this song. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're really, really cool. They flow so well together and, and they, they tell a story. You know, you have this, mm -hmm. this initial one that's kind of like finding your footing. There's usually a lot more searching uh, in this solo you know, uh, and, and you get that classic Justin Moog work, very, very angular, I describe it as. There's a lot of delay on it. Um, really different from when we hear Bobby play the mini Moog. And, you know, the, this tour, mm. you know, Bobby wasn't on this leg. And so Justin had the mini Moog that Bobby would usually play um, until Bobby joined, at which point Justin got a little fatty of his own. Like there, there was a lot of <laughs> a lot of gear switching happening. Um, but this is great. Yeah. As you mentioned, Bullock takes the second solo, um, you know, gritty affected sax again, more of that darkness, uh, that we hear. Um, and then the third solo, you know, it's kind of like the sun comes out, you know, the sky is beautiful ah. walking down the street and Bob Reynolds is just serenading you with the sweet sound <laughs> of the saxophone and oh boy. just the most perfect solo i mean it's so soft it's so incredibly soulful he's floating between the notes 
once again, it sounds like the music is playing Bob Reynolds. It just, it always sounds like he's not doing it, that the music is doing it to him. And just, I have never in my life heard a, like a horn player that plays like the way he does. It just sounds like to come from his soul. I, I don't know. I cannot, there's just, I'm like losing words to describe Bob Reynolds because he's just so otherworldly. Yeah. And I love this solo so much. This is the, you know, I, there's always like one moment when I'm listening to these shows that I text you. And this was the moment yeah. I was like, this just, wow. Like, what is going yeah. on? Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. It's, it's truly incredible. I love what he does with these outros. I love hearing how the different soloists approach them on the outros. You know, the, the Royal Albert mm. Hall version has a really great build from Zach on violin. Um, yeah. you know, there are a few really good ones from, from Sean on, on both TalkBox. Moog, uh, we'll hear a really great one from Sean in the next episode. Uh, Justin, you know, has a really amazing way of approaching these. Um, it's just, it, there's so much that can be done with this. You know, it's, it's a few minutes long and just the build from nothing up to that euphoric mm. peak when, when the horns come back in and it's just like, yes, like it's, I, this, this song is amazing. It's so great. And you, you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier and you wrote it down, but you haven't mentioned it. So I want to mention it, but you were talking about the, the delay. There's like a subtle delay that yeah. Reynolds has. That is really beautiful. Like when you're listening to that and you can hear, it's just like a slight kind of echoing and, and delay. It really adds like such a depth to that solo. Definitely. Let's keep on going here. Song number four, Bad Kids to the Back. Uh, I mean, th this is just like, I, I just love listening to this song. You know, it's, it's so groovy. It <laughs> just swings so hard. I, I just, I, I love the beginning part, especially with, uh, you know, when they have the two saxes uh, so they can split up the, the horn parts accordingly. You know, when it's just Maz and, and Bullock, they, they both play all the horn parts instead mm -hmm. of the, the few lines that are just saxophones when there's multiple of them. And so here we hear it, you know, properly. Uh, and it sounds awesome. Uh, Sean's first solo of the night right here. Um, really intense filter work uh, on the Moog. Very sharp. Uh, reminds me a lot of his uh, What About Me solo from um, later in this tour. And also we hear a lot of it, uh, I think 12, 9, 17 from Bogota, uh, which spoiler might be an episode in another season. Um, but the, uh, just a lot of really sharp filter work on the Moog, um, and, and Sean just rips it, you know, throws in a P-Funk quote in case you were doubting whether it was Sean, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's P-Funk tease in there. So, you know, it's him, uh, but this is just an awesome Moog solo from him, you know, on a song that we usually get, um, we usually get a horn solo on this song. Uh, and so it's awesome to hear Sean take it as well. <laughs> It's, it's really off kilter, has this condensed sound to it. And at one point he does like this really long sustain, just really fun. Like yeah. It sounds, it's awesome. Such a great, such a great solo. Yeah. He's incredible. And we'll talk more about unique soloists uh, mm -hmm. later in this show, but I found this leg of the tour, it felt like Michael was having a bit more fun, you know, throwing solos to different people, you know, because... Uh, you know, stuff like this song again, usually goes to, usually goes to the horns. Um, it, there, there have been a ton of great keyboard ones as well. Um, but there's another one later in the show we'll get to, but there's a bad kids from, uh, about a week later that Mark takes, uh, which is really cool. Oh, um, fun. you know, Michael does a, what about me solo, 
later in the tour. There's one chonks where Justin takes both solos on different synths. Uh, That's like cool. It's, yeah, it's just there, there's a lot of really unique soloists that happen um, in, in this early leg of the tour. It feels like, you know, looking at the videos, it kind of feels like they're playing smaller venues, even though mm. this, you know, this is still a thousand people in this venue. Uh, they're not really playing smaller venues. It just it feels like their stage setup is more condensed. Um, you know, that this is for, for a lot of the year, they've had three keyboards or at least the organ, which adds or the, the organ and, and clav, which adds so much sonic, or they, they, they take up so much sonic space uh, yeah, and, and they don't have these and there's a lot more space. And I feel like Michael is just like having fun throwing stuff in different directions, uh, which I think is really cool. Yeah, which is giving the shows a different energy. Yeah. Uh, and so ba after Bad Kids, you know, Michael says hello and thank you. Uh, you know, the crowd cheers for a while. Michael asks if they, you know, are you, like, are you cheering because you want us to leave? Like, is that, <laughs> are we supposed to be done now? Um, but he, he introduces the next song. He introduces Alma uh, as a serious bust out, uh, you know, from uh, their second album, which was recorded in 1978. It was not actually recorded in 1978, in case anyone is wondering. Uh, you know, Sean pipes in that that's the year he was born. Yeah, um, I love just, that. <laughs> just, you know, quality, quality banter, uh, as always. Uh, the last recorded performance before this uh, according to setlist.fm, so it might not be entirely accurate, especially for this far back in Snarky Puppy history, uh, but it says the last recorded performance was January 26, 2014. Um, so this is an, an old, old one. It's you know from their second album, The World is Getting Smaller. Yeah. It came out in 2007. Uh, you know, there's another song that they would revive uh, from this one. I think they may have already busted it out uh, called Intelligent Design, uh, which we'll hear in the next episode. Um that one had been played a little bit more recently, I think 2015, 2016, but still hadn't been played in a number of years. You know, they did that on this tour as well. Uh, those two kind of stuck with them for the whole last leg of this tour here. You know, uh, All My Intelligent Design got played fairly regularly, uh, but then Outlier as well, which we heard a bunch earlier mm -hmm. in the series, hadn't been played since 2017, I believe, uh, and they played it twice uh on this tour, I would highly recommend everybody check out the 11919 outlier. Um, it's Sean and it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> it is crazy. It is, it is crazy. Um, okay. So we're, we're going to talk about Alma here and this is really, really interesting. You know, we began the show with uh, three songs from immigrants and one song from culture vulture. So all very recent snarky puppy, and Alma is, you know, going back 12 years, you know, at this point, wow. you know, like Sean hasn't joined the band. Uh, JT's not in the band. Uh, Bob's not in the band. Bob Reynolds isn't in the band. Um, I don't, I don't think Mark, Mark was even in the band at the time. Wow. Um, yeah. It's like super, super old school. Uh, you can tell almost immediately, like it has that old school snarky puppy feel, even if you've never listened to the world is getting smaller. Uh, you know, like Megan, I, I don't know if you have. Um, I've listened to this song from it, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but it has that old school snarky puppy feel, you know, v lots of very odd time signatures. You can tell that there's, a, there's a lot more jazz influence mm -hmm. in this, you know, the, a lot of the immigrant songs and the, the culture vulture songs, you start to see this world music influence, uh, as Michael kind of moves into that period of his songwriting, but there's just like the, this, this odd time funk feel. Mm -hmm. at about the beginning of this song and it's great percussion in the intro and the guitars come in with such a gentle touch yeah and it does it's so different from the immigrant songs it i thought it sounded very old school too when the band drops it has like the band drops back in and it has like it packs a little punch there's just like a little boom to it and i, I think it's really cool it has like a very unsettled feeling i think that's from the 
like you're saying the change in time signature stuff. It's like has this like up, down, feels like rough around the edges. Bullock Solos gets like really agitated feeling. It has this like kind of like edgier feeling to it. That's really different. Yeah, definitely. And I, I actually thought it was Bob for a while in the solo because there's no effects, right? Which which mm-hmm. is which is rare for Bullock. But then, you know, it got it got kind of aggressive. Uh, and I was like, oh, like this this isn't Bob. Like, you know, I, I yeah. could tell by the tone uh, a little bit later that it, it was Bullock. And, but it's a it's a really, really great solo. Um lots of lots of distance, as I said. Um mm-hmm. and, and aggressiveness to the solo which is really cool. And then after the solo, we get this beautiful, nice, like feels like flood. Yeah. Almost uh, from Mark, um, which, which is great. And, and an awesome uh, percussion solo from Marcelo. Yeah. The guitar playing is really softly and it has this backed by this really bare and intense percussion. It's really isolating and like raw sounding. I think it's really cool. I love the ending this song is interesting. There's a lot going on to it. I felt like after I finished, I felt like I needed to like listen back again because there's like a lot going on in this song. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and then back to Immigrants World uh, with one of our favorites, yeah. Chonks. Uh, you know, I like kind of they, they take a couple extra bars in the intro here. Uh, McQueen does a little like, like it, it's cool. <laughs> uh getting it in. But what's cool here is how they fill the the absence of the clav, you know, that that's such a big part of this groove. Yeah. Uh, and so McQueen plays that part. Um, you know, we get with the two guitars, we still get the guitar part in here, you know, once McQueen hops off tour, you know, Fork had their own little run of dates in Europe after um after this little leg with Snarky Puppy, um before McQueen and JT both came back later in the leg um to play with Snarky, but he uh at that point, Mark would cover the clav part. Um, but here McQueen's playing it. Uh, you know, Justin's Moog bass is very present. Again, without the clav, there's so much more space to this groove. Um, but they're, they're really, you know, this is this little bit of a more up-tempo version of this song. Um, sounds amazing. Um, and just Mark just tears into the first solo. It's amazing. You know, I, I love... I, I love his guitar tone. I love his guitar playing. And it's great. It's just like classic upbeat funk guitar. Yeah, I mean, this song is such a vibe. It's so funky, so cool. What's great about this version, they all sound like they're moving as one, but they have these like sick, funky layers and textures. And yeah, that Mark solo, it's like super positive. It's like you're climbing like an escalator up to Funk Town. Like, it's just like Ooh. you're just riding it up, you know? It's, it's great. Yeah. I loved it. I love this version. I think it's awesome. enjoyed the two guitar show I when you told me that this was going to be a two guitar show I was like hesitant as to if that was going to be something I was into but I love it yeah it's it's really good that there's a lot of different layers happen you know mm-hmm. I my, my only thing is I'm sad when there's two guitars and they don't play what about me yeah that because like that, that's the song that needs yeah you know, like that that song really benefits from two guitars um but 
this is great. And then, you know, then we get another Justin Moog solo on the outro. One thing I wanted to note is comparing this to the one that we heard from Bobby on the outro of this song in episode nine, same instrument, same solo section, but they sound, the two players sound so different. And it's really, really cool uh, to listen back to both kind of A, B them. You know, Bobby's is a lot more like aggressive, like playing an insane number of notes. Like, you know, I described it as obliterating <laughs> the universe. Justin's is 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 more contained, but like really, really focused. Um, you know, he has his style and he really like, he really works his Moog uh, on the outro, which is cool. You know, again, we're used to hearing the, the whammy clav here. Um, and so again, the unique soloists uh, on this, you know, later in the tour, Zach would take the outro uh, a number of times. Ooh, uh, you know, I want to hear that. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's that's the outro here. What did you think of Justin's Moog solo? Yeah, I think it's, I want to go back and listen to them compared to each other. I feel like that's really interesting to do because like they both just are such different players. And that's the one thing I love about Snarky Puppy is this ability to kind of have the same song sound totally different. It's incredible. Yes. And then... My favorite thing to happen at the end of Chonks, Justin Rhodes interlude. Uh, and yeah. I love it so much. He starts with, you know, the outro, or like that, that, that outro riff of Chonks and just starts just weaving a beautiful melodic space. Uh, I like to throw around the phrase uh, soft bed of electric piano a lot uh, in my reviews. <laughs> uh, this happens here uh, and it's amazing. You know, you're not sure where he's going. Obviously, if you've clicked on the song, you know where he's going. But at the show, yeah. you know, you're not quite sure where he's going. And then he kind of works in, you know, Sean's main synth melody of Thing of Gold towards the end of this little interlude. And it's just really, really nice. And then just drops right into the beginning of the song. Uh, it, it's, I mean, I, I, I could listen to Justin just play Rhodes on its own for like 10 minutes. It's beautiful. It's such a great intro. And and it just feels so kind of satisfying when they finally drop into the song. And the crowd is right there. They're so ready for their moment. The crowd is like ready to, to sing along. It's just like a great moment. It seems really like vibey. I love it. must be so interesting for them to go all over the world and have these crowds just ready to, to sing along and know their music so well. It's just so cool. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Uh, and then, you know, they go into the solo. Uh, this section, we get the, the Don't Stop the Music uh, vamp, the, the Yarborough and Peoples song. Yeah. Uh, you know, 2019, they were kind of cycling through. I, I, th I don't know if I mentioned this. I wouldn't have mentioned this in either of the last two episodes because we haven't had a 2019 thing of gold yet. Uh, but throughout this year, they were kind of alternating between three different solo vamps uh, on thing of gold. You know, you have the, the regular one from the from the song. You have this Don't Stop the Music um, vamp, and then you have the, the one from Sign of the Times by Prince, mm. uh, which we will hear in today's bonus track. Uh, but really interesting here. Talk about unique soloists. This is the only thing of gold I've ever heard with a guitar solo, and McQueen just does an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal job on this. Uh, you know, comes right in. We get a couple extra, I think one extra time through the riff uh, before the solo starts. You know, Mark starts throwing in some you know awesome rhythm work uh but man mcqueen like lots of lots of staccato playing the horns hop in a little bit it's just really great vibe and really excellent solo
Yeah, it's so cool. It's really rhythmic and it, I love how it like builds up and kind of bleeds into the riff. It's super great. I think this is definitely one of my favorite versions that I've heard. It just has this extra kind of mustard to it. And yeah. the ending is so great. It's so quiet and precious sounding. It's just, and it like, it has this beautiful kind of like, almost like they're closing down the bar for the night feeling. And Michael says good night in German. And it just, it just feels very like, dramatic it's like a perfect ending to the show yeah it's great uh and i, I love you know sean's little outro thing you know you get a justin yeah. intro and a sean outro uh you know on its own you know michael says good night and you're looking at the track time you're like this is a 25 minute thing of gold why is it over already uh that's because the last 15 minutes of it are michael talking for a very long time and then teaching the the chavi uh polyrhythm clap you know uh we'll hear in the next episode a 21 minute chonks uh that is 10 minutes of chonks and 10 minutes of teaching the crowd the the chavi polyrhythm which i love crowd yeah. participation um but i feel like you can really do this on the fly you know there's there's a 34 klezma from uh 9 13 15 i believe where they do the same polyrhythm exercise and michael just kind of like they they're in the middle of the song. Michael's kind of like, okay, this side of the room, do this, this side of the room, do this. And they do it. And it's great. Uh, and I yeah. feel like they, they could have played a whole other song in this time. Um, and I, I love listening to Michael talk and thank the crew, but like, yeah, it kind of, you know, it, it kind of sucks the air out of the room a little bit. And at the end of the night before your encore, it's kind of like, you know, I think that other shows we've heard when Michael thanks the crew and talks a bunch, they've done it over like a sick funk beat. Right. Which I think like is a, a better in, move. In Quartermaster. Yeah. Because <laughs> then it's like everybody's still like grooving and there's still something to latch on to when you stop the music totally. Yeah. And then you just talk for a while. It, it just, you know, it's kind of like something we talk a lot about when we talk about Fish and other bands and set listing is flow. And this just obliterates your flow yeah you know and I think at least at least this one is uh across an encore break you know sometimes when Charlie yes, comes like mid-set exactly. it's like no that's really not good yeah yeah um yeah. but the Chavi is great uh you know, yeah so, uh, affected solo from Maz on the first one uh you know Bob Reynolds coming back in uh on the second solo um and Justin doing his best Herbie Hancock impression on the third, which I love listening to. Again, yes. Justin on Rose, I could listen to forever. I love that. I mean, I think that the Moz has like, solo has like this cool distorted feeling to it. And then when Bob comes in, you expect it to be one of these like really, you know, soulful rounded edges solo, but instead it's, it, Bob takes it kind of brassy. It has like an authoritative feeling. It's different. And I love Justin's, the percussion is just like, incredible at the end of this the very end of it and yeah the herbie hancock great comparison i definitely hear that influence as well huge fan of herbie hancock and this is just like right in that pocket yeah it's uh it's great and then you know can't go away just yet got to take advantage of the dual guitars with one of these big songs uh and shofakan is that song uh you know we get to hear that amazing amazing guitar riff with two of them uh yeah great uh, you know, Michael bass solo, and I, I absolutely love how Michael approaches his solos on this song. And Megan, I feel like every time we talk about a show for Khan, you have a, a very different, very detailed, like, analogy of how the song makes you feel, which I, I absolutely love. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, this one's not quite as detailed and long, but it, it the, this version, you know, it starts out with, with Sean coming in with some big energy. He's like, all right, you got to sing loud as hell. He's like really working up the crowd. And then the band plays really patient sounding though. It, it sounds like they're, you're walking down like a really long dark hallway that you're not really sure you want to reach the end of because it's a little bit like, you're not really sure what, how you're feeling, but you don't want it to end. It feels good, but also kind of creepy. And I don't know, there's just a different feeling to this Shofukan that I really loved. And it sounds so rich with the double guitar. It's, it's a great version. Yeah, it is. And that brings us to the end of 10-26-19 here in Germany. Uh, and we are going to go one week into the future uh, to Utrecht, I think is the proper Ooh. pronunciation, uh, in the Netherlands. 
this is this is where they recorded We Like It Here uh, in 2013. Uh, the show they played at the same venue in 2015. They played We Like It Here in its entirety in order um, as kind of a, a, an ode to it. And there's also like a 20-minute quartermaster encore, uh, which is great. Um, so check that That's show cool. out, yeah, uh, specifically the encore. Um, but we are here to talk about this thing of gold. It's our bonus track today. It is my favorite thing of gold ever that I have ever heard. Um, it's amazing. Another sick Justin intro, uh, just like you know the one from today's episode, um, which I feel like takes a little bit of the the hype away from it um, because like you know you just had that like fresh like whoa this Justin intro is so cool and then he does it again you know three songs yeah. later. <laughs> um, but I mean I I listen to this version of Thing of Gold like a lot. I it's it, really it, great. Oh, it's I mean, so the intro good. is so soft and effortless, really, really, really floaty. It's great. And I love how when Bob's on the solo, Sean is slightly echoing him. Yeah. And it sounds really, really cool. I love that. I love when you hear them kind of in conversation. Yeah. And, and they take the sign of the times vamp on this one. Mark's rhythm guitar is absolutely exceptional uh, on this. You know, and then as as it progresses – you know, Justin jumps onto the roads, adding in some different chordal work. And then it just keeps going and going and going. And, you know, it's just like Bob Reynolds forever. Um, and then <laughs> like, as it like kind of crescendos a little bit, Moz jumps in on the solo too. And they kind of have a little bit of back and forth a little. Uh, there's another great version from uh, Manchester on 11, 15, 19. Um, where they, you know, Bob starts off with the solo and then the other horns pop in a little bit later, uh, which is really cool to hear that interplay. Um, but uh, this, this solo is just, like, incredible. powerful and it lands so perfectly in the riff that's one thing i love about this song is that when they come back to the riff it's just it feels like a homecoming it's really yeah. nice yeah mm -hmm. exactly exactly and especially you know with the, with the other solos there's more variance in like the, the vamp right this is just one yeah. note throughout uh which gives it again more space uh you know that this one there's only one guitar um same two keyboards um but like it's it's just amazing, and uh, Megan, I regret to inform you that your your Bob Reynolds fan club membership has been revoked Why? Uh, because this isn't your favorite thing of gold. Oh come on! I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna definitely appeal that. We're gonna definitely appeal, appeal right. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, see how that goes. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that like obviously he's incredible in every song I hear them in, but this is not my favorite Bob Reynolds solo. Mm. The bigly, so, you, you prefer I, the bigly. For yeah, example. I prefer the bigly. Okay. And and I don't know that that's my favorite of all time either, but I don't. I just that one really struck me today. Fair and enough. And I don't know. I don't think that you're the judge and jury. I'm not. I'm definitely fan not. club. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one person who is, and that's Mr. Bob Reynolds. Yeah, we'll we'll ask we'll ask Bob. We'll be like, we'll hey, ask him. you know, do you think Megan should be kicked out of your fan club? 
<laughs> we'll see what he says. His response will probably be, what fan club? Yeah, and who's um, Megan? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that brings us to the end uh, of what we're going to talk about in today's episode, 102619, plus our nice bonus track. It's kind of crazy that we only have one episode left. I know. I think you're going to miss talking Snarky Puppy with me, Ryan. Oh, I'm going to keep talking about Snarky Puppy with you. It's just not going to be on a podcast. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who am I kidding? Yeah, but episode 12, uh, we are journeying just short of a month into the future. We'll be talking about 11-22-19 from Paris. An absolutely incredible show. Lots to pack in uh, or lots to pack in. Lots to dive into. A triple encore. Yes, you heard that right. There are three encores what? at this show uh, that we're going to talk about in two weeks. Um, and, you know, a lot, lot of stuff to go into, especially because our bonus track next week is my favorite Snarky Puppy thing ever. That's no exaggeration. That's, can I say what it is? Yeah, it's sure. A, it's a quartermaster. Right? It's a, uh, yeah, it's a quartermaster. It's the 112619 quartermaster. Um, okay, okay which is a big deal. Uh, but you know, people can go listen to that, uh, via nugs.net, uh, of course the show and the bonus track. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's going to be fun, uh, but we'll be back here in two weeks with that. Uh, we hope everybody enjoyed our episode today, uh, talking about this, this later era immigrants show. Uh, I've had a great time. Of course. I hope you have too. Oh, I've had so much fun. Thanks Ryan. And thanks everyone for listening. I can't wait to come back for episode 12. Yes, and we will see you in two weeks. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a phenomenal rest of your day.